0: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Greg, you may not know hockey, but the Sabres three and one and uh looking pretty solid so far. It looks like a fun team, even though they may or may not be good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for a, a, a hockey neophyte, it's been entertaining. You you can for someone it, I think some people assume it's a shtick, and I'm just playing into it. I genuinely have no idea what's going on. <laughs> When I'm watching hockey. But I will say, I'm into my second season of it now. I'm obviously picking up things that are going on. You can tell the difference of the guys moving, the energy, the speed at which they're playing and, and the the approach to it is a much more entertaining product for someone who doesn't understand the finer points of it. So at least it's, it's more fun watching this year. Last year was a bit of a chore.
0: Oh yeah. No, you don't got to tell me that, man. I, I am very familiar in the route of that misery, but uh, I do enjoy watching, watching you tweeting about the games because I, like, like you said, like I know that you genuinely just don't know about hockey and, and you want to enjoy it. So Hats off to you, and uh, it's always fun to watch someone becoming a fan, even watching such a terrible product as the Buffalo Sabres have been. But I didn't have you on here to talk about how you don't know hockey. I was here to bring you on because you do know about football, and the bills are on the bye week, and my head almost exploded last hour. Um, So I need to talk to someone again so I can calm down. Uh, (laughs) But uh, if you missed it, it, it was callers decided, hey, we're going to bring some chaos uh, about Brian Dable, so that was fun. And uh, now, though, we're going to get back on track here, and uh, we're going to talk about the the team and how you think they've been doing so far with a four and two start as they head into the bye week, Greg.
1: So obviously, you know, I think that if you ask people ahead of time what the record's going to be at the bye, obviously you have some people that said, oh, six and zero, we're going to win every game. I think four and two is probably a pretty common of uh, response there with, you know, a a tough game at the opener and then two road games against teams we lost to last year in week five and week six. Um, I think that as the season had come along and having, you know, so many fans had the approach of, I'll believe the Bills can beat the Chiefs when I see the Bills beat the Chiefs. And, you know, for good reason. We, We hadn't seen it. So seeing that and then in, you know, Arrowhead with a dominant win, fans were rightful to feel confident and feel good and to say, you know, I think my team is the best team in the NFL. We were, you know, trying to tell fans that, Hey, it, you know, it's only one game out of 17. It does matter, you know, for tiebreakers and things like that. But in the grand scheme of things, if if we beat the chiefs, it doesn't mean they can't beat us in the playoffs. If we lose to the chiefs, it doesn't mean we can't beat them in the playoffs. It, it's the same thing for the Titans. I get it. That was a weird fluky game. We played against a team that needed no holding calls on a 76-yard touchdown. We got holding calls on a 101-yard touchdown, a ball bouncing off of our Pro Bowl safety's helmet. You know, the tip passes that go up in the air for Josh Allen got picked off. Four tip passes go up in the air for Tannehill. None of them get picked off. They needed all those things to go in their favor, and the Bills still had the ball at the two-yard line going in to win the game with 13 seconds left. So... I get it that it's frustrating. I get it there's a lot of nits to pick on, hey, we could have done this and could have done that. This is a darn good team that all those things went against us, and they were still there to beat a playoff caliber 4-2 and two team. It should be more reassuring than it is frustrating, but it was frustrating to watch.
0: Yeah, and it was frustrating to watch. And the, the question that I asked Matt Perino in the, in the last hour, and I'll ask it to you as well, Greg, uh, that game in particular against Tennessee, it was – It managed to be both of these things to me. They deserved to lose that game because of the goal line woes, how bad the defense was playing overall in the second half. But at the same time, they also lost on a total fluke. One of the best quarterback sneak guys that there is in the entire league. And the next thing you know, he slips on a fourth and one. Like, what are the odds? So, it's to me, that one... I
1: can tell you the odds. It was nine of his last ten, and I think... Fifteen of his last seventeen, so pretty good odds that he wouldn't slip.
0: Yeah, and and that was it. Like he slipped. It, it, it's just so fluky that you managed to lose like that when you could look at so many other reasons as to why they lost the game. But that was the final one. Like that was the final play, and it just ended up being all right. Well, we just lost in the weirdest way possible. Um, going ahead and taking the Hal Murray and saying hold my beer. So. <laughs> And Zach brought it up saying that we just lose games in weird ways heading into bye weeks. So,
1: Well, and a way to step back and look at it is, if if anyone remembers the last 20 years, some of the infuriating confidence that Patriots fans would have after a loss where they would just brush it off and be like, eh, that's fine, we'll probably beat you next time. We need to start being like that. The, the Bills are good they're not going to go undefeated. They're not going to go 17-0. They're going to lose some games here or there. But guess what? The rest of the way out of the 11 games, the Bills are going to be favored in 10 out of 11 games. They're really, really good. They're going to win the vast majority of those. We, We need to stop living each game as a referendum on, well, does our offensive coordinator know what he's doing? Is Josh Allen really a franchise quarterback? Does our coach, is he aggressive enough to be able to do these things? Yes, yes, yes. It's okay. They're not going to go undefeated. It still hurts. It's frustrating. We need to carry ourselves with a bit more confidence that this team's really, really good, but it doesn't mean they're going to go undefeated and never lose a game ever.
0: Yeah. It, like Even the great teams lose a couple games in a season. And looking at the schedule the rest of the way, I don't know if the Bills lose any more than two uh, throughout the rest of this stretch. So, hey, 13-4, and four, that's a really great team. They have four losses. Oh, well. Like that's the worst case scenario for this team. It looks like from according to that schedule, it is the NFL, any team can beat any team. But like you said, we do need to develop a little bit more of this uh a bit of arrogance that we are going to be able to get them back or we are going to be able to tag back on that because one of the big narratives Greg and I asked this earlier is oh, now the like the Titans are a bad matchup for the Bills in the playoffs. I I just need everyone to be able to help me out and say that's a little ridiculous and no, it's not.
1: It's so Derrick Henry is a bad matchup for every human in the NFL. <laughs> there is no other person in the NFL who says, Oh, I'm not worried about that 6'3, 250 pound freight train coming toward to me. Um, you. Micah Hyde threw you know, his body in the way. God bless him. you know how much respect he earned seeing a full head of steam, Derrick Henry coming at him? And there would have been a lot of business decisions around the rest of the NFL doing that thing where you kind of jump to the side and then grab on and kind of try to hope to, Trip him or just ride him to the ground? No, there. You know, Micah said, "No, I'm not afraid of you. I I might get crumpled here, but I'm going to put my body in the way." And he did. He made the tackle. It wasn't the most graceful thing on earth, but he he threw his body in there. I think that little microcosm of the game shows they're not afraid of what's going on here. If they were afraid of him and afraid of that team, sure, then I, I'm concerned about it. If they go at it again, you want to know what? Derrick Henry breaks tackles. If you took away all, you only gave Derrick, uh, Derrick Henry credit for the yards after contact, he'd still lead the NFL in rushing. That's how good of a season he's having. Now, that's like when you go to play the Chiefs. Well, Tyreek Hill's a terrible matchup. You can still have a strategy to stop him. There, When you play the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's a terrible matchup. You can still have a strategy to stop him they will have a strategy to stop him. They will be able to go in it. To to be honest, I think they maybe went away from it towards him too much in the second half and gave up some of the passing things. Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have shown the willingness to adapt and to shift to those things. They'll learn from it. If they play the Titans again, I think the Bills will be favored. I think the Bills should win the game. But the Titans are a good team. It's okay that good teams play well against you. It's the way that it works. I don't think that there's some, like, magical bad matchup just like – the Chiefs weren't some boogeyman before they went into Arrowhead and smoked Kansas City there. It's just that, yeah, they had a couple games go their way. The Titans have had some fluky plays go their way two games in a row. If they play again and they played ten times, I think the Bills would win eight out of ten.
0: Yeah, I, I, Greg, you're absolutely right. Greg Thompson Cover One joining us here on the Western Hotline. So looking back on it, the two losses that the Bills have incurred so far this season are against division winners who had double-digit wins last year. So it's not like they're losing to a random team that doesn't have a track record in recent years. The Steelers won the AFC North last year. The Titans won the AFC South last year and put a beat down on the Bills that made a Tuesday night so miserable for us that we all just figured give up at halftime and stop watching. Like, the team's fine and everything's been okay. So, Greg, enough about the sunshine, though, about this team and like everything's golden. I do want to see what... Are areas of this team that you would like to see improve overall on this Bills team so that some of those fans that are a little panicky, they can calm down.
1: So obviously the biggest one is, so it's the biggest concern and it also should be the biggest area for hope.
0: If you say Brian Dable, I'm jumping out a window.
1: (laughs) It is the red zone offense in execution. Now I think there's a mix there for anyone who saw some of the breakdowns. You know, it wasn't Josh's best game in the red zone. There were some open guys in the end zone ready to catch touchdown passes, and Josh just missed them. He didn't see them. Now, you know, I think the offensive line gave up a little too much pressure. Josh was having to scramble and break out and roll out. It's understandable, but those are plays that, you know, if I'm going to also call him an MVP candidate and a franchise quarterback and a top-five quarterback in the league, I need you to see those guys. I need you to see him break open in the end zone. Now, on those plays, Brian Dable schemed that up for Emmanuel Sanders to come open. Brian Dable schemed it up for Stephon Diggs to sit down in the right spot in the zone and catch touchdown passes. And if Josh hits them, it's fourteen nothing instead of six nothing. And we're praising Brian Dable for his play calls. Now later, there were other that I put on Dable that I think he didn't, you know, put them in the best position to succeed. It's not either or for me. So far we've had a mix of bad luck, some you know, some things where Josh has shown the ability to convert on those things, some areas we probably got too cute in the play calling. But all those things said, we're still number two in the NFL in scoring by three points, one of only two teams with over 200 points. So if we're griping about how poor the red zone offense is and we've also scored 200 points, math and trends would tell you in the second half of the season – that's going to start going our direction. Stephon Diggs is still really good. Emmanuel Sanders is still really good. Those are things that can and should turn around, but they need to. Brian Dable needs to have a better plan when they're getting in close. Josh needs to keep a little cooler head. The offensive line needs to give him another half a beat to be able to keep his senses and see the guys breaking open on these good play calls and these good routes being run. And then you can convert more of those for touchdowns, which is scary when you're talking about, you know, that's 3 games now where we beat the Dolphins 35 to nothing, the Texans 40 to nothing, and put up 31 points on the Titans. Those 3 games equaling 106 points in 3 games and everyone's takeaway is, "Man, what's wrong with the offense? Shouldn't we be better than this?" I mean, how did we only score 106 points? This is pitiful. <laughs> like, do you understand what a different stratosphere we are in as a fan base now than the previous 20 years? It's unbelievable. That thirty-five nothing, forty to nothing, and thirty-one points on the Titans. And our takeaway is, man, this just isn't good enough. I, I don't get it.
0: And part of it, Greg, it looks like it's a bit of a two-pronged thing. Is how well the defense has been playing overall. Despite the thirty-four points that they let up on Monday night, they still lead the league in points per game, uh, points against per game, and they're still second in the league in points for. Oh man, the offense dropped from one to two. That's the problem, right? <laughs>
1: And I, for anyone who thought that this was all of a sudden the 85 Bears or the 2,000 Ravens, we we never were. That, that Those metrics, were they were because of the schedule. And now what you should do against a poor schedule, you should dominate them, and they did. That's all you can do. You can't set the schedule, but you should beat down bad teams. They've done that. Now, in this game, there was definitely a couple things. If you're going to have any gaps in tackling, Derrick Henry is the number one player in the NFL. Who's gonna, you know, show that? Some of the other stuff was so pretty fluky. I, I don't think there were a lot of, like, gaps that teams are gonna say, "Oh, I got the blueprint. Now we throw the ball 45 down your down field, uh, down uh, down the field, bounce it off Micah Hyde's helmet, and have our guy toe tap at the sideline." That's the blueprint to beat the Bills. You know, I I don't know that all of a sudden it exposed some flaw, but I always thought, hey. I think we could be back to that 2018-2019 Bills defense that was a top four to eight unit in the NFL. They weren't dominant. They weren't the best in the league by far, but they were pretty darn good. If you add in a very good offense, which we obviously have with the gripes we were just joking about, and now you add in a pretty good defense, you could be onto something special. I think that's what we have. I don't think we were ever going to be a historic defense that just kind of looked that way because of the cupcake schedule and now i think we're going to level back into that and honestly with the schedule coming up here we're probably going to look dominant again for a little bit and then against the good teams the buccaneers and maybe the saints maybe the panthers you know we'll probably have some normal performances where teams can score some points um but this is a good defense and i don't think the tennessee game changes my opinion on that they were always good they were never amazing they're still going to be good they're probably not going to be amazing
0: you know, you talk about cupcakes, like, yeah, I'm going to be fat and happy with the upcoming schedule here with uh, with some of the matchups the Bills are going to have coming up here. Uh, Greg, one of the more fascinating points about this team, though, has been uh, the evolution of Dawson Knox, which we saw happening late last season and now him blossoming into the leading touchdown. He leads the team in touchdowns. Uh, He leads all tight ends, actually, in the NFL in touchdowns with five. Knox's play, how have you seen it so far this year? And perfect timing, of course. He breaks his hand. But, you know, adding that dimension to this offense and what his impact has been so far.
1: Um, I I always try to be even-handed with things. I I certainly don't have any problem patting myself on the back when I make good calls. One of my biggest whips was Dawson Knox coming into this year. Um, I was the proponent of, Hey, I hope Dawson Knox develops and gets consistency and catches the ball, but hope is not a plan. I want a backup plan at tight end. Um, Knox has proven me wrong five times over with with his performance so far. (laughs) He has taken that step forward. He's shown that the athletic profile that so many others believed in that if he could help it click, he could be really special. He's playing special and looks really, really good. Um, Obviously, I I guess in hindsight, I wish I had have been accidentally right and they still would have got that backup plan because they put that guy in right now. Um, But Dawson Knox has looked really exciting. He was a guy, if you believe in things like the the RAS score, those relative athletic scores, you know, he's very literally up in that Darren Waller, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, you know, lofty heights uh, from an athleticism standpoint. He just couldn't, you know, keep the focus to catch the football and needed to be able to do that more consistently. You know, he obviously has shown you, you talked about his work with the hand-eye coordination specialist doing the color-coded ping-pong ball training and things like that, going to tight end university, putting that work in, being humble and coachable, all those things you want to hear out of an athletic marvel like he is. He's really put those things together here. It's been exciting. Um, Now you you joke about a guy who had trouble catching the ball. He figures it out, and now he breaks his hand. You know, it's Murphy's Law. Um, I I hope – Like everybody else, I've heard things at the high end that this could be a four- to six-week thing. I hope it's not that long, but honestly, if it's a bye week and then we come out Dolphins, Jags, Jets, you know, uh, put it on ice, man. Sit them down, yeah. We can can probably handle the Dolphins, the Jags, and the Jets without you. (laughs) You know, you go ahead and get right and come back when you're ready. Um, I feel confident from everything that I've read and other injury people, you know, I'm a big fan of Kyle Trimble who does banged up bills. Um, Guys like that, that I don't think there's any concern that he's not going to be ready for the stretch run. The bills have erred on the side of caution. If there's any reason not to play a guy, they usually lean that way. So I'm going to guess we don't see him for a couple weeks here, Um, but he seemed confident in the social media posts I've seen saying he's going to be right back out there. Most of the things I've heard are, at the high end it's 4 to 6 weeks. I think we might miss him for a little bit, but he's shown to be a critical piece of this offense now and someone that I'm pleasantly happy to be wrong about being excited to have him back.
0: Hey man, it's always good to be able to point out the things that you that you don't get either because like I it shows that, you know, you're you're humble. Like this Bills team, humble and hungry, you know. So, hey, sometimes but that also allows you. If you're the first person pointed out, that means you better be the first person to pop off when you're right. So I'm for yeah. that.
1: I appreciate <laughs> it. That's that's my energy right there. That's uh, I, I certainly don't have any problem of bringing attention to the calls that make. Right, but you got to take your medicine when you miss
0: one. Exactly, and uh, and it makes it feel all that much better. So, Greg, enjoy the bye week. Enjoy just watching football or doing whatever, or not watching football if you don't feel like it uh, on your Sunday. So. Enjoy your time off for the bye week, and then uh, we'll see you back at it on Twitter. Uh, tell the good people where to hear you, where to find you.
1: Absolutely, I appreciate it. Anytime I could jump on, appreciate your time, Derek. You can find me on Twitter at Greg Thompson find me on the Cover One Network. You can find our YouTube channel where my show is doing our preview show Wednesday nights and our post-game shows after the game. Uh, come and find me anywhere. They're always having a good time on Twitter with Bills fans, but appreciate your time today. It was awesome.
0: He's always having a good time on Twitter with Bills and Sabres fans. So that's Greg Thompson. Greg, thank you for joining me here on this Bills at the Buy Outlook on Sports Talk Saturday.